Hello, my name is Bud. Uh, I want to welcome you to The Constipated Christian. Um, I'm here today with a couple of friends of mine from church, uh, Natalie and Sarah, uh, young moms that uh, both have families, sisters. They live, to, uh, they live next door to each other. And I just wanted to come on, or I wanted to ask them to come on to share a little bit about uh, a couple things they do at church. You know, we're all, uh, this uh, podcast about being doers of the faith and not hearers only. So they are examples of that. They're at church, they're praying with people after church, and they do it with some, they don't just uh, go to church and go home and don't live life, uh, you know, beyond the walls. So they, uh, they, they actually do do that. So I just wanted to have them come on and just uh, speak freely and just uh, kind of introduce themselves and uh i'll ask them a couple of questions but basically i just want to talk or ha have them uh, share some of the stuff that's on their heart well what they do and why they do it so girls go ahead thanks for having us bud um yeah hi i'm natalie and uh it's really interesting because my sister and i we didn't grow up christian we um you know had parents that taught us unconditional love they had a lot of the principles of christianity but we never went to church. We never understood about Jesus. And none of us were really saved until we were in our 20s. So um, it's kind of interesting that a lot of the characteristics of Christ we grew up with, but we didn't realize what that was until we were older and got to know Jesus. Let me just stop you just briefly. So I know your mom. So was it your mom a, a Christian? No. Oh, really? No, me, oh, my gosh. I'm Sarah, by the way. Me, my mom, Natalie's husband, Carrie, and Corey were all baptized at the same time at the Rock of Roseville. Right. So less than 15 years ago or 20 years ago or something like it that? It was or? like right about 15 years ago. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was actually the first one that was saved out of our entire family. And I was 23. So, Yeah. So That's, there's a lot of things that we were raised with that it was like, this is just what you do. This is how you are a family member. This is um, who we are, but it was never centered on Christ. Yeah. So I guess that's why that I relate to because uh, I was a Christian early because my parents kind of went to church and then I think some neighbors took me or whatever and they got out of church and I became baptized. But uh, I went to church for the wrong reasons. I went to church camp because there were girls there and girlfriends mm -hmm. in different towns and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, gosh, uh, <clears throat> getting, you know, growing up and then, uh, you know, going to Vietnam and uh, on and on and coming back and just, uh, you know, I, I didn't really, uh, although I was baptized, I did not uh, feel like I was following Christ until, gosh, I mean, 40s or 50s, I guess. So yeah. I think that's probably why I relate to you. I, I have a hard time relating people to say, I grew up in the church. I've <laughs> done this all my life. And I, you know, I, on and on, I go, gosh, you know, I don't know what I can talk to you about, about, you know, uh, overcoming stuff. You right. Know, so it's right. different. And I always wonder what like our kids' lives are going to look like because we didn't know how to mold them. Like we were literally learning how to follow Jesus as we were teaching our children how to follow Jesus. And so it's like some things got lost in translation. Some things are brand new to us. And like, like some, sometimes my kids know more scripture than me because they're learning it, you know, with their friends and things like that. So it's just very interesting to be first generation Christians with your children right, and your family. Well, and also, you know, because we had those characteristics growing up, but we never understood the reason why um, you know, like, for example, one of the things that I was taught was you don't have sex before you're married. Okay, great. Why? There was no reason because I said so was the reason that I was given. 
So now being able to follow Jesus and being able to talk to my kids about it being a gift, and this is why we do the things we do, it's, um, I feel like they have a better foundation than we did. So we, we, we grew up with those specific characteristics, but not a, a foundation for why we had those. Listen, I didn't get the don't no sex till marriage talk. I got the no sex till love talk. And that is a whole different ballgame right there. <laughs> so in all of that, you know, we as a family, because my sister and I live next door to each other, we kind of have like a commune. We really graze our our kids together. I never say I have, you know, three kids. I have seven kids. Yep. Um, and so we had a lot of discussion as adults about what our value system is as a family and we want our kids to be unselfish, especially in this generation. It's so hard for them to get past seeing, you know, themselves as the center of the world. Yeah. And conflict. That's one of our big things is I don't feel like we were raised um, loving people enough to go through conflict as much. And so like, like we don't let our sons just go home because they're upset. You know, we make them face each other and like, you may not go home until you guys make up or figure out whatever it is you're fighting about. Um, you know, so they have to solve that conflict right away before it turns into something big, you know? And again, that's scriptural. Don't go to sleep, you know, with a hardened heart or being mad or whatever. Right. So, you know, we just decided as a family that we were going to serve And it goes right in with, you know, the rock values that we learned in church as well. You know, you serve, you love, you give. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that we want to teach our kids. We do it at church. They see, you know, our church community doing it. But we wanted also to see it at a larger scale. And so we actually got involved with a group called Lost But Not Forgotten. And it is not a Christian organization, but again, it still holds all of the values that we care about. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to tell them a little bit about how it started? Or So yeah, it was founded by um, one of our dear friends, Linda Warren. And we didn't know this, but when we had met her, she had literally just months before lost two of her sons a month apart. So it was like the first Christmas that she had um, two less sons she was grieving. And I think she just decided like, I can't do this every Christmas. So she decided to do something about it. She didn't have her sons anymore. So she was going to do for people who did have their kids, but couldn't. And so that first year, um, I think like I baked cookies, Natalie was pretty heavily involved. Um, and it was like 14 kids. Right. We did. Um, and now, uh, nine years later, 13, 13 years later, um, we, the, our last Christmas, it was what? 140 kids. Yes. 140 kids. Uh, I wanted to say like 42 families. Um, and basically what we do and the reason it's called lost, but not forgotten is in memorial of her sons, uh, mm-hmm. Chris and Robbie, but also because our program focuses on helping families that have teenagers. There's a lot of programs in the Roseville area that are like Christmas programs for younger kids but they usually cut off at 11 or 12. And so um, really teenagers, because let's just face facts, they're hard to shop for. They're it's expensive. Usually expensive. 
Um, They're very particular. They want gift cards. They want the electronics. They want the hard to find shoes and the name brand pants and all the things. Right. And so uh, that is the demographic that was really in need of something. And so that's why she started this program in particular was to help families with teenagers. And so um, basically what we do is we find families from the schools. We talk to the counselors, we, the churches around the area, the police officers in the area. And cause those are the people who know the families and we are helping really families that not necessarily are uh, on welfare or, um, you know, poor, even poor. poor. It's people who have been through trauma in the last year. Right. And that could be financially. It could be, um, you know, losing a family member, a sickness in the family, mm-hmm. uh, those relationships, types of things. a dad yeah. deployed, <clears throat> you know, it can be anything that causes a situation where the parent or grandparent in the, in their lives just aren't emotionally capable of dealing with the holidays for their kids. So we step in and say, you know what? We see you, we love you. And, um, we want you to have, be like, you know, have, be proud. Right. And so one of the things that we adopted early on is the, we want to bless their socks off mentality. It's not that you get what you get mentality because, for us, if we're going to do something, we want we want bright eyes. We want kids to be overwhelmed with generosity. And, you know, anybody can give from, you know, Walmart or, you know, the cheapest thing. That's easy. But we want these kids to get the specific item they want, the name brand item they want. Whatever it is, we want to bless them so that they can have their head held high and go to school and be excited about whatever it is that they got. The Sephora makeup pack that like is <laughs> on trend. Right. Yeah. Well, and this doesn't come from a place of, um, oh, poor you. Like we <clears throat> were these kids. Right. Me and my sister were these children who, you know, I remember Christmas after our parents split that, you know, we got the fixings for Christmas dinner in our stockings. Yeah. You know, and so you were always trying to dodge the the questions when you get back to school after Christmas break, what'd you get for Christmas? Like, Oh yeah, we, we like went on these trips and we baked cookies. Like you don't want to like talk about what you got for Christmas. Cause honestly it's like embarrassing compared to like your friends. Right. Right. So that we got involved with that. And, you know, most of our kids have grown up in the program, not, you know, just helping with the program because right. I mean, Paisley was a year old when the program started And it's just been a culture in our family that we all know that Lost But Not Forgotten happens the second weekend of December and Mm -hmm. the whole, you know, couple of months before that we're involved and our kids get excited about helping. They love Lost But Not Forgotten season. It's become something that is a tradition that they look forward to, that they like give up other things like parties and things with their friends because this is such a value in their hearts. Right. And, you know, you, you guys brought up a, a, a great point because we do the uh, toy drive at the uh, church <clears throat> and, uh, you know, get, uh, get, uh, in a uh, demographically uh, in, in need neighborhood is who we reach out to, about 500 homes. And then uh, we've had um, other people come alongside of us. Um, I won't say what organizations and such, but they wanted to, like, adopt a family or whatever. 
So this one particular thing, as you guys are talking, I mean, I'm thinking about this, that, um, you know, Bud, go find a family. And I, and I did and gave them to them and uh, they, you know, uh, introduced them and on and on. And they were kind of meek about, you know, what they wanted or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And they said, but I don't think they're getting it, that we want to bless them. We want to, you know, we want them to go, go, go big, you know? Right. So I called the mom and <clears throat> said, hey, listen, uh, so well, I, t I told you, you know, we could use a new Bible. We could use this. And I said, well, man, yeah, but they were really looking like if you guys want to, uh, what do you call them? Like a lap, uh, uh, like a Chromebook, a Chromebook or a, a laptop or, you know, uh, nice shoes like you're talking about, you know, uh, name brand shoes or whatever. They, uh, they don't want you just to pick up <clears throat> towels and linens and stuff like that for the kids. So they uh, they just weren't doing it, and so I you know the guy coming back in goes, but they're they're just they're they're just so you know appreciative or mm -hmm. whatever they they don't want to do it. So you guys know Terry Little, mm -hmm. yeah, oh yeah, <clears throat> so Terry, <laughs> Mama <Little>. Terry. <clears throat> yeah, she was always uh, one of my big uh, you know supporters and helpers. The Koyania, she's another yeah. you know one uh, Marsh in her. So I was telling her, she goes, Bud, give me their numbers, you know. <clears throat> so I said, well, let me <laughs> let me call them first and make sure they're okay with you calling. But she called him up and then she called him and said, okay, here's it. And she had this whole list of just this beautiful stuff. And she said, but, you know, here's their problem. <clears throat> they have been down for so long. They've gone and she got, you know, got to know them about their story. You know, single mom, kids, um, Hispanic, mm -hmm. and just uh, not a good um, uh, experience in, in life. And she said they have lost their ability to dream. Yeah. Yeah. And so she said, that's what they, they, they just don't have anything more than just day-to-day -day stuff. So they're not dreaming about anything. So she said, I finally just told him, if you were just a dream, what would you come up with in your dream? And these are the things that, and so I was able to tell this organization, here's what they uh, want or whatever. So that's a great point about that. When you're dealing with people that are like, that kind of dejected, it might not even be a need, but they're just so, depressed or downtrodden or whatever they just cannot think about anything more than just mundane you know well stuff. and that is the heartbreaking part is some of these kids are like a really warm jacket or a bedspread and matching sheets like that is what the like cry of their heart is that's the things that everyone else has that they want and it's like when they ask for things like that we that get is special to them yeah, yeah. we get them that <clears throat> absolutely but our questionnaire is so in-depth that we get their favorite colors we get their favorite bands we get their um uh, favorite stores so that right. even if we don't feel like we have like a real handle on what their wish list is, we get them a really hefty gift card to their favorite store so they can go and shop and be like, oh my gosh, I have $50 I can spend at such and such. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, even with the toy driving, the people that we uh, you know, reach out to the neighborhood, we don't go buy them um, what they buy uh, for Christmas. And not that there's anything good or bad about that or what we do. We're just more everyday type stuff just to, you know, fill their needs because they, they, they just don't have shoes, periods. So we have, right. If we're going to buy a lot of stuff, we got to kind of meet it out. The thing I love about your thing, and the thing, you know, even with my kids, when, even when they were growing up, I said, I'm not going to buy these $100 tennis <laughs> shoes, but uh, I'll buy them for you for if that's what you want for your birthday or Christmas, a special day. Yeah. I don't mind doing that once a year or whatever. And that's kind of what I think your mindset is mm -hmm. about, you know, you're not going to do this every day, but you want to bless them. Yes. During this time where like you just you know, said when they go back to school, what did you get? Well, I got the fixings for my Christmas dinner on my stocking yeah. or something. Right. You know, I got a pair of the, you know, I don't know what they are now, but like my granddaughter's the like some Nike tennis shoes or something or whatever. I research the trends. I literally go out and research and I'm like, okay, so this isn't really in anymore, but this is because some kids don't even have a style or whatever, but 
we try to pick things and like the shoes, like, okay, last year Converse were really in, but we weren't asked for a single pair of Converse this year. So I think it's Vans. So if they didn't ask for something specific, at least we buy something that's um, something all the kids in high school are wearing. You know, you make another great point. We uh, we run the community store and every weekend uh, people come in and teenagers come in with their parents or whatever. And they don't have a style. I mean, like, you know, my, my yeah. granddaughters have a specific thing that, you know, will pop you. I don't know. It's uh, called an aesthetic bud. A, a what? Yeah, it's an called aesthetic. An aesthetic. aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll come in and they're just appreciative of getting anything. You know, everything is free. So they anything that they can get, they put together and they wear it. But I look at them and I think, well, gosh, you know, I mean, if you had the wherewithal or the somebody that would say, I'm going to just take you on a shopping spree or something, right. what would you wear? What would you wear? The, you know, and obviously I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't, but, uh, but that's a great point that they don't have a specific style in mind. Or right. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's nice to be able to at least give them something that everybody else is wearing and they can figure it out, you know, from there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this will be our 14th year. Um, the cry of our heart like what we're really hoping for in the next year or so is that we will be able to also have a back to school um, event. So our plan is to whatever families we adopt for the Christmas program that year, the following um, school year, like August, we will also do something special for that same family. So when you are um, enrolled into our program, it's a year long commitment basically for them and for us to be able to bless them twice a year instead yeah. of just once. Get them the Jan Sport backpacks and the name brand pencils. Right. And you know, like the things, a brand new pair of shoes that they can be proud of. To- Cause that first day of school, like I remember having that one outfit and that pair of shoes and like just being so excited to put it on. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I was going to say, I don't know whether that's a big deal anymore because of the COVID thing, but I, I remember the first day of school, people were sizing you up. I oh, mean, yeah. You, oh, you yeah. And if you don't have something on, you know. I see you, Air Force Ones. <laughs> I see you. Well, yeah. I don't know what they are now, but uh, back <laughs> in the day, it was, you know, whatever. But uh, people were very, very um, not uh, judgmental. Judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, they were judgmental, yeah. probably, you know, especially uh, high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, for junior, sure. Very mean, like, that's very what mean. you choose to wear to the first day of school. <laughs> right. But it always struck me, and so so after the first week go by, you know, your mom would give you like maybe three outfits. Well, after yeah. that, you know, I mean, you're screwed. Or you're you're you know out of, out of clothes. You got to right. come up with what you normally wear or whatever. Yeah. But that's a great point. You know, we go through life, and uh, the sheets and the whatever to them is a special thing. We get them every day, right? So that's their special thing. But that special thing that we do for ours, if we're loving our neighbors as ourselves then we, uh, whatever I would do for my kids or my family, I would do for them. Yeah. So I have to treat them as my extended family. Right. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We're going to continue this conversation on Friday. So however you're joining us, be sure to follow or subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.